To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Why you need to read the book of James. Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. One of the most important and foundational books of the New Testament is sadly also one of the most overlooked, the book of James. Hidden all the way near the back of most Bible versions, James certainly has his share of quotable quotes, yet he doesn't tend to be a favorite. Maybe people just don't find him inspirational enough. Maybe they don't make it that far back in their Bible reading. But when we overlook James, we undercut one of the most fundamental aspects of our faith, and that is learning how to put our faith into practice. Today, I want to talk to you about James, who he was, what his singular contribution to the Bible is about, and to also tell you about my brand new book, Not by Faith Only, Messianic Jewish Discipleship from the Book of Yaakov, a.k.a. James. You can also learn more about my book and pick up a copy on our website at notbyfaithonly.com. That's notbyfaithonly.com. Now, as you may have gathered, I don't refer to James in my book as James, but as Yaakov. The name James became the English translation of choice during the Middle Ages to refer to several different individuals of the same name in the New Testament. What's so strange about the name James is that it represents the exact same name in the Greek as the patriarch Jacob, whose name also appears in the New Testament. There's no difference at all in the Greek between James and Jacob, which makes using James totally arbitrary and inconsistent. So the author of the book of James is actually Jacob, which in Hebrew is Yaakov. Yaakov was his actual given name. Now, the particular Yaakov who wrote the biblical book that bears his name was, in fact, one of the brothers of Yeshua, and he has a very interesting history. During Yeshua's earthly ministry, Yaakov didn't actually believe in him as Messiah. He didn't come to accept his big brother that way until after Yeshua's resurrection. Over the next decade or more, Yaakov would rise to a position of prominence and influence within the brand new Messianic Jewish community. We see this especially in Acts 15 at the council in Jerusalem, where as the de facto head of the council, he famously gave his persuasive and pivotal judgment concerning how to include the Gentiles in this Jewish move of God. Yet despite Yaakov's considerable influence, Acts 15 is actually the only time we ever hear him speak outside the five chapters of his one letter. Now, as best as can be determined, Yaakov wrote his letter around 40 AD, about 10 years before the Jerusalem Council. He was writing in the aftermath of a time of great upheaval and oppression for the Jewish believers, which was recorded in Acts 11 verse 19, where Luke reports about those who had been scattered abroad from the oppression that came after Stephen, the same Stephen who was martyred for his faith in Yeshua as the great persecutor-turned-apostle Paul 
looked on. One of the clues that Yaakov is writing in the wake of this tumultuous period is found in the very first verse of Yaakov's letter, where he writes, From Yaakov, a slave of God and of the master Yeshua the Messiah, to the twelve tribes of Yisrael who are in the dispersion. Shalom. So the audience of Yaakov's letter was explicitly the scattered Jewish believers. Yaakov identifies them as Israel's 12 tribes who had been dispersed throughout the ancient world. So it's in this context to Jewish believers who were persecuted and oppressed and forced out by their own Jewish people that Yaakov would then say to them, beginning in the very next verse, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various ways of testing, knowing that the proving of your faith brings about perseverance in you. This understanding of the context in which Yaakov was writing dramatically changes our perspective on his words because it causes us to realize that the various ways of testing which Yaakov is encouraging his readers to consider as joy are a direct result of their dispersion from their homeland at the hands of their own unbelieving Jewish family. What could be a greater source of depression and fear than to be so harshly rejected by one's own people? And yet, this is Yaakov's entire point. Though they had needed to flee to safety for fear of retribution, imprisonment, or worse, everything they endured was for the proving of their faith. And by knowing this, it would bring about perseverance in them. God's tests show us what our faith is made of, and from that faith, we find the joy to persevere. So this is how Yaakov began his letter, with a word not just of encouragement, but of purpose, that unlike the way believers today receive this verse as an inspiration to try to be happy despite terrible circumstances, Yaakov intends it as a means of identification, that the trial you're facing for holding to your beliefs is because you belong to Yeshua. And it's with this realization that we should count it all joy. So what makes Yaakov's letter so important and foundational is partly because of who he was, a brother of Yeshua and a leader, if not the leader of the entire Messianic Jewish community. And it's also partly because of the context in which he wrote it and who he wrote it to. But the book of Yaakov is also literally a foundational document for us because of the time in which he wrote it. Not only would it be more than a decade before Paul would even write his first letter, but Yaakov's book was likely the very first book of the New Testament ever written, including the Gospels, with the possible exception of Matthew. Yaakov wrote the letter that started it all, written to the believers who started it all, about topics that they would need to be firmly rooted in if they were going to remain strong in the faith and endure the many trials ahead. Yaakov's letter isn't so much about what to believe with regard to Yeshua as it is how to persevere in that faith. His goal was to equip believers with practical discipleship and guidance for effectively living and walking out the messianic life. Because not only did Yaakov address subjects of deep eternal importance, such as how to endure the testing of our faith, how to withstand the persistent temptation of sin, how to endure suffering, 
how to overcome fear and doubt. But he also wrote on temporal topics that affect our everyday lives and interaction with others. Things like interpersonal conflict, humility, being judgmental, how to tame our tongue, how to handle wealth or the lack of it, jealousy, pride, and having the right motives when we ask God for help. And one of the things that I love the most about Yaakov is that he doesn't pull any punches. He tells it like it is, even when it's difficult for us to hear. So not only is Yaakov encouraging and comforting, but he also speaks some hard words, like for those who value riches and luxury and self-indulgence, those who covet the world's friendship, and those who think they know more about the future than God. But perhaps the most defining characteristic of Yaakov's letter is how he gives some of the best practical guidance found anywhere in the Bible. He doesn't just exhort us to live out our faith. He tells us how to do it and describes to us what it looks like. Things like be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. That patience stabilizes the heart. And that faith without actions is dead. And it's this profound understanding of the complementary nature between faith and actions that undergirds Yaakov's entire letter and forms the central hub upon which it turns. This is what's always drawn me back to Yaakov over the years. Even as a brand new believer, Yaakov was the one book I read almost constantly, which is why I think even now, practical application of the scriptures, the concept of putting feet to our faith has always been a major part of my teaching. And that's the reason it was a no-brainer that I titled my new book, Not by Faith Only, which is a direct quote from Yaakov's teaching about Abraham as an example of faith in action. It comes from chapter 2, where Yaakov is recounting how God tested Abraham by telling him to sacrifice his son Isaac as recorded in Genesis 22. And beginning in chapter 2, verse 21, Yaakov asks us, Avraham, our father, was he not declared righteous by actions, having brought up Yitzchak, Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Do you see that the faith was working with his actions? And by the actions, the faith was perfected. And fulfilled was the scripture that is saying, and Avraham believed God, and it was credited to him to righteousness. And he was called friend of God. You see then that by actions is man declared righteous and not by faith only. So while some on one hand will say that all we need is faith and some on the other hand will say that our actions or works can earn us favor with God, according to Yaakov, both of these views are totally wrong. Because true faith is supposed to lead us naturally into actions, while actions in turn build up and perfect our faith. Faith or belief is fully sufficient for salvation. But according to Yaakov, by itself, faith is completely insufficient for an effective daily walk in the Master. This is why so many believers today still struggle in their faith, because they fail to put it into practice in their normal, everyday lives. 
Man is declared righteous by actions and not only by faith, because faith by itself, if it doesn't have actions, is dead. In my new book, Not by Faith Only, Messianic Jewish Discipleship from the Book of Yaakov, I've taken Yaakov's words here to heart. In the book, I expound and elaborate on the many different subjects that Yaakov covers, walking you verse by verse through his whole letter. The book contains almost the entirety of Yaakov, with only a few exceptions due to space limitations, using the text from the Messianic Jewish literal translation of the New Covenant Scriptures, the MGLT NCS. The 28 chapters are short and easy to digest, each one based on a subsequent portion of Yaakov. But then, in keeping with the spirit of discipleship, we've also included at the end of each chapter a series of questions, with plenty of space to write your answers. These questions are perfect, not just for helping you understand the main points of each chapter, but for your own personal growth and self-reflection, for one-on-one discipleship with another believer, for small group discussion, and even for going through the book of Yaakov with your children or grandchildren, either as part of their schooling or as a Bible study. In fact, to make sure that the questions would be helpful and effective to you, they've each been field-tested and fully approved by the whole Jeffrey family, including my teenager and my nine-year-old. So the questions are definitely the most practical part of the book. And finally, at the end of each chapter, I've also included a closing prayer to help you to ask God for the ability to apply what you learned in that chapter and to have those truths sealed and reinforced in your heart and mind. Not by faith only will help you to get to know the letter of Yaakov in a deeper, more hands-on way than ever before. It'll help you deal with issues you may have never dealt with before, and it will strengthen you in your walk with Yeshua. Just like the book of Yaakov itself, not by faith only is a discipleship tool. But however you use it, it will give you not just a new perspective and renewed respect for the overlooked book of Yaakov, it will help reorient the way you see and apply your faith and maybe even the way you see and apply the entire Bible. You can learn more about Not By Faith Only, as well as see sample pages and order your copy or copies today by going to our website, again, at notbyfaithonly.com. That's notbyfaithonly.com. And if you use the promo code FAITH15BCP during checkout, you'll also receive 15% off your entire order, including everything in our store. The Book of Yaakov provides you with solid, practical teaching and guidance from one of the great founding fathers of the faith. And I hope that you find my book about his book also edifying as well. Because the brother of the master teaches us that there's a complementary balance between the believing and the doing. Let's all take this to heart, that as disciples of Yeshua, we need to excel at both if we are to succeed not only by faith. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this episode and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Word Ministries and MJMI through your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, share, follow, or subscribe to the podcast 
to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom.